Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Higher Learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel's doing the podcast from her car, guys. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to say it. I, what does it say about me? This shows that I'm dedicated, uh-huh. that I will do whatever I need to do to get this podcast done. None of these other jobs will hold me down and stop me. You know where I am? I've never been out this far in California before. I'm in Ventura County. Right. Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice place. Very nice. Yeah. You're looking and I'm around. the only one out here. You're the only I'm one. I'm the only of, one yeah. out here. Well, I'm nervous because it's like I'm in my car podcasting. My windows are down. I just like don't want anybody to come up and say are something you at, to me. You know are I mean, you ma'am? at Ralph's? I'm at Starbucks. You're at Starbucks. You're at the Starbucks parking lot right there. I find that Ralph's, the Ralph's parking lot is a safe place to go. Well, I wish you would have shared me that with me before. I don't even know if there's a Ralph's out here. There is there's a Ralph's an Albertsons. Out there. There's a Ralph's. That's how you know you're getting far away from the I'm LA deep. city center. I'm yeah, deep. Albertsons. You see Albertsons. Oh, so there's an Albertsons right. on Venice though. Um, so the reason why I know that the Ralph's parking lot is safe. Now, why do you know? Is that? because <laughs> I keep jugs in the back seat of my car. Uh, so when I have to pee, you know what I mean? Because I drive around so much, I keep empty jugs back there. And I always, when I pee I'll, into the jug, I always pull. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Van. What? <laughs> you don't just get to say that in passing. I, and I'm sure the rest of the Thought Warriors assume that you drink out of the jugs. You just said, <laughs> yeah, so when I pee in the jugs and, nah, I'm sorry, what? No, so... See these big jugs of water? Sometimes I'll go on long drives yeah. and these big jugs of water, you'll drink one. But then during the pandemic, there was no public bathrooms that you could use. But I'm so nervous and anxious, I got to go on long drives. And so I still need to to use the bathroom. So Why can't you just pull over? You're a man. Like You could just pull over somewhere and, and do it behind something. Glad you brought that up because that brings us to, that brings me to another story. But uh, no, I, is, I don't want to get arrested. And I don't want to get arrested for for peeing outside. So I use one of these jugs. And I always go to a Ralph's parking lot and find a Ralph's. I don't want to just be on the side of the road peeing. It's, it feels... You have tinted windows? No, I don't have tinted windows. In the back seat, but not in the front seat. People can't see. They can't. This could go... You're a, you're a big dude. You're 6'4". This could go really People bad for you. People can't see. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they can't see. Oh, but me and Rachel had a uh, shout out to everybody over at Spotify. We had a shoot yesterday for Frequency. Rachel and I did. It was good. We got all dressed up. Styled by Kalika yep. Abrams. <clears throat> yeah. My one and only. She did a fantastic job. It was amazing. But um, so I told Rachel a story. Uh, and yeah. the story was that I actually pissed my pants a couple of weeks ago. Full on, full on, piss my pants. So I, I drink, I drink a gallon of water a day. I take long walks. I went out for a very long walk, and about halfway through the walk, I realized I had to pee. And it, it, it. I thought it would because you know sometimes you have to pee, and then it goes away. But what sure. what happens to me is, I'm sure this happens to everyone. Like right before I get to the house, like. It just becomes super intense to where I'm I'm hot, I'm sweaty, you know, I'm walking crazy. And so I I get to a point to where I go, I just got to find an alley somewhere and I got to pee. And so I find an alley 
I go into the alley, and as soon as I'm about to mm-hmm. to to go ahead and do El Bisnosia, I see a cop. There's a cop parked in the alley. I don't know what was going on. There's a cop parked in the alley, and he, all, he looked at me like, I know you ain't about to piss back here. And so I nodded to the cop. I don't, definitely don't want to piss in front of the police. That's a fucking punishable by death offense. It's in, it's, yeah. It would also be indecent exposure. Indecent so exposure. Just, yeah, next, yeah. next thing you know, I thought he pulled out a gun. And then the cop shoots me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, uh, I walk away and I get to, I live right at about the corner of La Cienega and Pico, but I was at about Robertson. And so I looked, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. It's not going to happen. Took a couple walks, so I just, I, I took the alleys back home rather than the streets. I took the alleys back home, and I had on uh, black warm-up pants. So let it flow. It ha- I just, I let it happen. I let it happen. And you know. In public, too. In public. I'd say probably about a half a mile, maybe a little bit more. I walked. It happened. It's a thing. And by the way. It's not a thing, Van. People have pissed on themselves as adults. Correct, but it's not like a thing. It's not like something that people just do. Can I ask you a question? Like a thing makes it seem like, no, 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 you can't. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> no. Can I ask you a question? Because no. you're making it seem like it's not a thing. Can I ask you a question? I'd rather you not. I'd rather you not. Okay, I won't. But you know. But Go ahead. Have you, Go ahead. as an adult, pissed yourself? Once. There you Once. go. See, it's a thing. Once. It's a thing. But can I just say, first of all, I've been thinking about this since we talked about this yesterday. I, I just find it hard to believe you didn't pass by any establishments that you couldn't go no, inside. No, they not. They, I didn't, for real. I, I really didn't. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Mine was not as public as yours. I don't think that I could just walk down a public street and pee on myself, even if I was wearing black sweats. I just couldn't do I it. it. I, I think I would just rather cry. I think I would just just cry. Um, I did it because I got, I was trying to get home. Had I not run into traffic, I would have made it home safely, would have made it to the bathroom. Um, instead, that didn't happen. I got stuck in like dead lock, gridlock traffic. Thankfully, I said, I'm not going to make it. I had a blanket in the back. I just tucked that blanket underneath me. Yeah. Yeah. And I just let, I just let, en- I let enough go to where I felt relief. Right. I didn't go full force. It sounds like you went all the way. No, I, I didn't do that. I, 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 by the time I walked, I didn't do that. I, I'm going to be honest with you. It was liberating. Cause I was I'm like, I could see you smiling. No, no, no. That's the only way I see it for you. I see you smiling. I see a, a bit of a skip, a little pep in your step. Yeah, I, I, there, there was. I, there was, it was you were warm. I was, I was, I was walking and I was like, you know what? I'm always so worried about what people, oh, Van from higher learning pissed his pants. You know what I did? <laughs> Fuck it. I pissed my pants. I had too much to drink and I took too long of a walk and circumstances in the world. It's not like you can go to like McDonald's and pee. What? It's not like you can go to these other places and pee anymore. They won't let you do it. They'll let you do it. What would you have done if you would have rounded the corner and run in as like a thought warrior, knowing that you smelled of pee? What would you have done? Would you have avoided them? Would you have said, "I'm not Van"? I'll be honest with you. Would you ra- have run home? I think. What would you have done? I think the thought warriors would appreciate the honesty. I think I'd be to. I looked at thought warriors and be like, "Yo, just let you know, I love you, 
You're, but you're giving him too much. I just pissed my pants. Even I, as your co-host, if I was around the corner, okay. would have been completely disgusted. That's what we're going to do. On all higher learning socials, because <laughs> this is a stressful time. No need to hide from one another. At higher learning. Uh, no, Trudy, give them the higher learning socials real quick. It's at higher learning, at higher underscore learning on Instagram, right? At higher underscore learning on Twitter and at higher learning on Instagram. Go to these places and tell us the stories of when you've pissed yourself as an adult. If you're drunk, it doesn't count. I'm talking about a conscious pissing. I'm like, I'm yeah. not talking about like, oh, we, we went to Coyote Ugly. We were dancing on the bar before you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. An intentional I'm talking release. about, you just said, fuck it. All right. Um, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Lucasfilm and Disney Plus presenting an all new Star Wars series, The Accolade. Stream the two episode premiere June 4th and witness an investigation into a shocking crime spree where secrets will emerge and no one is safe from the truth. The Acolyte, two-episode premiere, streaming June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. So there are updates in the case of Dante Wright, uh, who was killed by police officer Kim Potter in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Kim Potter has now been charged with second degree manslaughter in the, the killing of Dante Wright. Uh, the... Brooklyn Center Police Department is claiming that she meant to pull her taser and she pulled her weapon and she killed him. Uh, She's going to make her first court appearance today. Today is Thursday. Um, She faces up to 10 years in prison and a $20,000 fine if she is found guilty. Uh, She was arrested on Wednesday and released on $100,000 bond. Very interesting. So my question to you is, there's not much in terms of the facts of this case to mm-hmm. uh, to go back and forth. We know kind of where everything stands. Do you think that Kim Potter meant to kill Dante Wright? Oof. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that it was unintentional. I'm going to believe that she did not mean to pull her gun and fire that shot at him. It doesn't take away from what she did. Doesn't mean she wasn't negligent. Doesn't mean that I don't think that she should be charged, found guilty, and go to jail for it. Um, It's interesting because Ben Crump is saying that it was intentional. Maybe. As the family, he is now the family's attorney um, for this case. And I, maybe he knows more information than we do, but from the little bit that we know so far, it's hard for me to say that she intentionally meant to shoot, to shoot him and to kill him. 
it's just hard for me to say that. But I want to be very clear that that doesn't mean that I don't think she's guilty of manslaughter here, second degree, and and potentially more if the prosecution decides to bring more charges uh, because they have more information. Hmm. What do you think? In terms of the intentionality of the the shoot itself? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably not. Um, but I think his death was intentional. I don't think she shot him intentionally, but I think his death is intentional. Uh, I think. I think that Dante Wright and guys like Dante Wright. Are put in certain positions by the system, a system that is incredibly intentional. Right. So the system itself to criminalize guys like that and to. Forget your training and your decorum and all of those things. The system has a place it wants to see guys like Dante, right? And that's uh, dead at 20 years old. So in the heat of the moment, you know, I counted about seven seconds that she should have known that she didn't have her taser in her hand. Mm -hmm. Now, in her mind, that might have seemed like a blip. You know, my question is, I guess. What stops her from approaching that life like there's a human being there? See, that's the intentional part of it. The intentional part of it is I the the intentional part of it is why aren't you treating that person like a person? That makes complete sense. So and I didn't see it. I didn't look at it that way at first. Yeah, Whether or not you. Grab for your taser. You thought it was your gun. Whether or not you did this, you did that. The dehumanizing of guys like Dante Wright is the thing that actually leads to their death. And that's always intentional. So, you know, you put your, I mean, you could make an argument that, that they weren't trying to choke out Eric Garner. But the act of treating him like a piece of flesh and not a human being is why he died. And that thought, that way of being, that American disease is intentional. It's the totality of the circumstances, which which is what makes sense. And it goes back even before she reached for her gun. It goes back to why they stopped, why him. They stopped him. It goes back to why so many police were on the scene. It goes back to, you know, like ask, telling him to get out of the car and not explaining certain things. It The, the, the way that they approached him, the it, there's there seemed to be you would have thought that when they ran his information that he was wanted. You know what I'm saying? That he was out for murder or something like that. It seemed to be a heightened situation for a warrant for misdemeanor. Right. For being pulled over for expired plates and for the air freshener or for something hanging from um, the rear view mirror. I the mirror. I agree with you completely. It's she her act may have been unintentional, but she's in an intentional system because of the threat, the perceived threat when you see a black man or a black person right. or a brown person, just a person of color. I agree with you. We're talking about this with I agree Lieutenant with Nazario, right? It starts with the stop. It starts with all of that. You know, you you what if you pepper spray that guy? He has an allergic reaction and he passes away. You know, it starts with then it becomes who's responsible. It starts with the stop. It starts with the system. It starts way before the police 
and the black people meet each other at a point to where we can't trust their training to keep us alive. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and so, yeah, uh, because of that, I can't absolve her. Um, I can't absolve because to absolve Kim Potter for the death of Dante Wright is to absolve the system that is creating Kim Potters and is creating hashtags. And we can't absolve that. Accident, I, no accident. No, I, I know that you, and I know that's how you feel. So, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's just a matter of what you don't want to do. And this is the legal side coming out. You don't want to, because you do, I feel the same way that you do. You can't charge her with that if you can't prove it. You know, like, sadly, the system hasn't caught up with what's actually happening in this country. And so because of that, she can only be charged for certain things, um, not what she necessarily should be charged for. Yeah. You know, it's too bad we can't charge the system. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's true, true. So we barely got a chance to catch our breath until uh, another disturbing video uh, was released yesterday. And this was a video of Army Sergeant Jonathan Pentland harassing a black teen in Columbia, South Carolina. This video started going on. I know this was gonna, I knew this was going to be hot because like four people sent me this video at the same time. The video starts with a young, mm. young black man walking in the neighborhood. I think it's called The Summit in South Carolina. A man asks him, uh, what are you doing? Where are you going? Get out of here. Uh, he tells him to walk this way, which I mean, I guess is a way away from the neighborhood or something like that. Then he puts his hands on him and pushes him. There's been more information that's come out about this. Uh, Sergeant Pentland has been arrested for assault. There were mass protests, not mass protests. There were there was a big protest outside of his house uh, in South mm-hmm. Carolina yesterday, which it still might be going on right now. Uh, the he, he um, I do know that they shut the street down at one point to people who didn't live there. Right, they shut the street down to at one point to the people that didn't live there. They then. Um, uh, moved Pentland and his family away. His wife was also right. in this video uh, talking to, and some people would say harassing. I would say harassing this black man. We don't know what happened before the video, but officials in South Carolina, the police there have said that they haven't seen anything that's justified. That's their exact words that justified the treatment uh, of this man whose name is not known. I think other than D or 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 something. I think I heard DeAndre. DeAndre. I think other than DeAndre, mm-hmm. like we don't know very much about the victim mm-hmm. in this particular case. Maybe, perhaps for his safety. So uh, uh, the, he is an adult. I do want to say that. Okay. They're not not revealing it because he's a, a minor. Okay. So the police have said that they, they, they don't find they don't see anything that justifies this. Did you see the video? What mm-hmm. did you think? Here is my issue. Yes, I saw the video. I think people are, you know, like, I'm not going to commend the police for charging Pentland for assault because what people are missing is that when this when this incident happened, the police came to the scene and the police saw this video that has now gone viral Uh and the police chose not to charge him for assault. Instead, they told him, we can charge you for malicious injury to property because apparently he broke his phone, knocked it out of his hand. So the police weren't going to do anything. It wasn't until there was public pressure 
and this video went viral, that he was then arrested. The police were fully informed of this situation, of the information at hand, saw with their own eyes what this man, this sergeant, did to this young black man walking in this neighborhood, a neighborhood he says he lives in. And they did nothing. Not until there was public pressure. And I'm so tired of this. When people ask us, why do we march? Why do we protest? Why are we angry? Why are we frustrated? Why are we upset? Why are we not stopping? Why are we not letting things go? It's because of this. If public pressure was not added to this equation, this man would still be in his house. Nobody would be in front of it. Nothing would happen. He wouldn't have gone viral. He still he wouldn't be have issues with his job right now. This is what we have to do to get things done. And it's time and time again, we can't rely on the system to protect us, to do things for us, to recognize what's right and what's wrong when it comes to us being harmed. Instead, we have to rely on us. We have to rely on public pressure. We have to rely on allies to put the pressure on them to get things done. This is what infuriates me so much about this. And I need people to understand this is why we can't stop. I, it, 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 yeah. Like when I found out that they came to the scene and did nothing, like here we go again. Right. Here we go again. You know, you know what the cousin of supremacy is? We talk about supremacy all the time. The cousin of supremacy is authority. Mm. You don't have the authority to tell me which way to walk. What makes you think you have the authority for that? What makes you think you have the authority to ask me who I am, where do I live, and all of that? What makes you think you have the authority for that? There yeah. is a baked-in authority that comes around, that comes along with the American status quo, with white supremacist ideals, with latent white supremacy that exists in the in our society. And it makes people think that they are agents <laughs> of some sort of unwritten or unspoken law. In all of these situations with Karens, we see people demanding that you do something. Right. And that demand comes from a place in their minds that is telling them that we are not the same. Right. right. What do we always say? We see people doing something. Oh, that's them people business. That's their mm -hmm. business, right? Who am I to go in mm -hmm. and insert myself in what's going on with them? Now, if you see somebody hurting somebody, then maybe you would. But two people, that's their business. That's their business. Right. To be white in America is to think that everything is your business. Hmm. Is to think that you can just insert yourself in any way. He's walking. Okay, where are you going? The fuck you mean where I'm going? Motherfucker, where are you going? And then, and can I walk you home? Like you're a dog. Can I? Oh, we'll walk you home. Can you walk me home? No, you can walk your ass out of my face. Exactly. And, to, and the reality is that the aggressions whether they are micro or macro, it's that that so many people have had enough of. That It's mm -hmm. that small. Is How can you ask me about me? Who gave you the right? I'm, no, we share a community. This is not your community that I live in. The young man told him, hey, I live right over there. Like, I live right over there. Right. So if I live right over there, if that is in fact true, if I live right over there, who can you tell me? George Zimmerman is, is driving around, patrolling around. Trayvon Martin is walking in his father's neighborhood. 
George Zimmerman decides that something looks off, and then Trayvon Martin dies. And inserts himself in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when, when you hear people, and we could belabor the point and talk about it, but when you hear people get exasperated about things like this, it's because even the small things are big. Oh, it's not a big deal that the people yeah. at Starbucks tell you you have to move. Fuck, it's a huge deal. I right. should be able to right. sit here like anybody else. Those little things tell me that there's a glitch in this American matrix. And we know it when it's something big happens, right? Yeah. But the small things, right, that remind, that remind us, like, you're not welcome here. You know. Exactly. That's it. You're not welcome here. It's just a weird, I, weird thing. Weird thing. Super weird. Uh, we're going to have a guest on next week's podcast. I think I guess we should talk about this now. Next week's podcast on Thursday uh, for Friday, we're going to have a guest. We're going to have Michael Rappaport. We've been trying to have him on. Um, right. Uh, but we couldn't get him because he's shooting the show. Me and Mike had a back and forth yesterday. Did you see it on, on the old Instagram? I... You brought it to my attention. I went and I looked at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I saw it. I Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. What'd you think? I mean, I think you're right. I didn't go full into it because I'm like, okay, we're going to have him on this podcast on Thursday. But I just find it interesting when you talk about people inserting themselves into things as if they have the authority to do so. That's where I'm, that's what seems to, this seems to be the place that Michael Rappaport was coming from. And I don't know why he feels that he has this authority. Maybe because he's married to a black woman. Maybe, I, 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 I have no idea. But the fact that he posted that and then doesn't see anything wrong with it, doesn't see the problem on it, pointing fingers at the black community, uh, kind of telling us what we should be doing and, and challenging us why we're not recognizing certain things, like he's with, like he's one of us. Because that's the thing with Michael. It's he wants to play like he's with us and he's one of us. And then on the other hand, do stuff like that. So which one is it? Not saying it should be either, to be honest. So you're right. I mean, this is what happened. Mike put a post up on his Instagram and he, he does this sometimes. He, uh, where to me, it feels like he's chastising black America. He put a post up on his Instagram. Absolutely. And, uh, the post was of, of a young man who unfortunately lost his life in Chicago, 17 years old. And then Mike said something to the effect of, uh, to all the sports leagues, would you guys boycott this or stop play because of this? Uh, does this matter? I can't remember exactly what he said. And I responded to him for a couple of reasons. I responded for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are people everywhere. Listen, if you don't know who these people are, just take my word for it, like we do with everybody else's culture. See, we we don't tell everybody else's culture how they should operate. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I know of. I mean, there might be some people who do it, but we don't get involved in things that are going on with 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 other people. I don't. Let me not say we don't. Let me not say we don't. I have friends and people who I really care about and respect and talk and, and talk to every day. Um from every different all across the cultural spectrum, right? 
And the only thing I do mm-hmm. is ask questions because it is so beautiful to learn about how a different group views the world. It seems like I ask questions. And for a lot of other people, we're given directives on how we should deal with things or what we're not doing. And so what Michael basically said was it was intimating that they're not marches when there are kids that are killed uh, in inner cities. One place, of course, everyone likes to go is Chicago and nobody cares when that happens. Here's the thing. It's not that nobody cares. It's that you don't care. Okay. The, the reality, exactly. the, the reality is every single day we're working with organizations, we're working with people that this is their life's work to eradicate these problems. Every time you're talking to Alicia Garza, every time you're talking to Philip Agnew or Tiffany Lofton or Tamika Mallory or any of these people, right? Every time you're talking to these people, this is what they do, DeRay McKesson. This is what they do. They work on this stuff day in and day out. Day in and day out, they work on it. The media gets behind flashpoint issues, but black people are black peopling every single day. Mm -hmm. We're black peopling. Mm -hmm. So it's always awesome to see organizations with huge platforms get involved in these things. It's always great. But sometimes for us, it's just Tuesday or Wednesday. And then to see somebody come in on the backside and act like we don't care when a 17-year-old kid gets killed in Chicago, or we don't care when it happens in Baton Rouge or when it happens in Richmond or when it happens in Gary, we're trying to unfuck the whole system. It's part of the whole same thing. And he also said, hey, this was on purpose. Yeah. He said, this, he said, this one was on purpose. Someone tried to kill him. Well, do you care about this? That is insanely, insanely insensitive. Insanely insensitive. How do you even fix your mouth? Insanely insensitive to Dante Wright's mother and his entire family who really couldn't care less right now whether or not it was an accident or whether or not it was on purpose. Now, look, me and Michael spoke after this. He told me some of the way he views the world. He told me how, how, how the way he looks at things. And I think it's a conversation that we need to have on the podcast. So people would, people were asking for it. So next Thursday, we will have a conversation with Michael Rapport, And then next Friday, that will be on higher learning. Question. When he, he told you his views on how he sees the world, do it, does it align with, with the post that he made or is it different? Are we misunderstanding him? No, I don't think we're misunderstanding him. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's wading into some waters. I think Michael's in over his head. I, okay. I, I, everyone can have an opinion on everything, but there's a complex nature to all of these things. And the reality is Dante Wright and that 17-year-old boy in Chicago were killed for the same reasons. Like, all of the violence and the drugs and everything, it's all part of the same thing. And you have to look at these issues and and comb through them with a fine-tooth comb. 
you have to kind of see the systems that have been built. Now, obviously, ain't nobody gonna be able to fix it if we don't if we don't care about fixing it. But the fucking fact right. of the matter is, we do. So stop telling us how to be us. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation on I know Thursday. You are. Next Thursday. That's the type of shit you like. You like that type of shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? I was like, I like, you invited him. Yeah, because yeah, actually, no, we I invited him last week to talk about We'll talk about that, too. We'll talk about that, too. OK, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. All right, so we are getting to the point where the rubber meets the road in the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, And of course, we promise to keep you guys updated on everything that was going on. In this trial. Now, I know there's been so much other stuff in the news happening. Um, it seems like these things always come in little clusters, and they definitely have been coming in those clusters just recently. But we still want to make sure we keep our eyes on the ball uh, as far as what's going on in the trial. So, of course, we've been giving you guys uh, Yodit Tawoldi and all of her information, her legal information that she has on the trial. Oh, oh she's right now on the set of her new show on the Black News Channel making the case with Yodi. So uh, this, yeah, so uh, congratulations on that. And we appreciate that. And uh, update us on the trial. Like, where are we now in the Derek Chauvin trial? So the defense rested, the state rested, and the judge adjourned for the day and told the jurors to enjoy a long weekend because they're going to be coming back on Monday um, for closing arguments. And so we could actually see a verdict next week. Okay, so the question is, what can we expect in closing arguments? Have they given us any hint of what we're going to see? I think the defense most certainly has given us plenty of hints because they've been taking L's since this trial has started. I mean, their their arguments that they've made are pretty baseless. They're outlandish. They don't make sense. Their own experts made no sense. Um, they actually got the worst experts. Use of force expert embarrassed himself last week. Their uh, forensic expert embarrassed himself yesterday um, on cross-examination. I think the prosecution really has made a solid case. And I think that what they're going to do is some, they're going to summarize basically all of their, their evidence. One, they've had all those witnesses, those bystanders that came in and described to the jury what they saw. They had their own, um, use of force experts and MPD officers, Derek Chauvin's colleagues from, um, his own department say that his conduct was excessive, unreasonable, and not per, um, department policy and training. And then he's going to have, um, the prosecutor is going to talk about the medical um, experts and how they they plainly stated that it was the knee to the to the to the neck 
the asphyxiation that is the direct cause of George Floyd's death. And it was unequivocal, whereas the defense expert didn't even factor in neck compression at wow. all. He even talked about carbon monoxide coming from the vehicle. I saw that. It was in, it was insane. So his analysis wasn't even like proper. It wasn't thorough. So that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear a whole lot of the bystanders being threatening to Chauvin from the defense that is talking about how his drug use and his heart um, issues were the underlying issue. So really, honestly, it just comes down to the jurors. What are they going to believe? Now, I think that they're more in, I think they're more, um, uh, not the word attractive, but I think that they believe the state witnesses. They were um, thorough. They were clear. Um, and they didn't get pounced on cross-examination. So I definitely think that they're going to be leaning towards uh, the state. And I think they're going to get guilties um, across the board. Mm. And I never say that. Right. Well, so a lot of people are wondering right now with all of, I guess, the uproar or the unrest, should I say, you know, I'm getting sick of describing mass grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck to call it. You know, fuck it. Uh, with everything that's going on up there in Minnesota, uh, a lot of people have been hitting me up and asking me if they feel like all of that, because it's in such close proximity, when we're talking about what's going on with Dante Wright, is going to have any effect on this trial. Or what do they do to make sure that it doesn't or that these two things stay separate events. Yeah. Um, is there, is there any, is that a thing? So it's, it's funny that you ask because the defense, once this happened on Sunday, on Monday, the defense asked the judge to sequester the jury, keep them away in hotels um, so that they could be insulated from what was happening just 10 miles down, um, which made sense, right? Judge said that case has nothing to do with this case. We're not going to do it because sequestering a jury is so extreme. Um, if it was going to happen, it should have happened already in the beginning. Um, when you serve as a jury or as a juror, it's on an honor code. All you can do is take what the judge says when he dismisses a jury every day. You can't watch TV. You can't talk about this case X, Y, Z. He is he is trying to say, listen, take my warning seriously. If I hear anything about you know, you watching the news or a juror says something to me, then I'm going to question you one by one and ask. So all you can do is just, you know, pray that they follow instructions and that's all we can ask for. So are they going home and watching the local news? We don't know. They're not supposed to, but um, it's definitely a concern. And, but it's something that we, we, unless there's hard evidence to suggest that a juror has already been tainted, there's nothing we can do about that. And we can only assume that they're listening to the judge. Hmm. But so, I, I definitely do think it has some, it, it would have some influence for sure. And and isn't one of the jurors from Brooklyn Center where, did I make that up? I don't know. I don't know. If okay. But I mean, it's still 10 miles down, right? Like it's, it's right. Almost unavoidable. Right. Um, so I, I right. can understand why the defense was like, we got to keep them like away. But, you know, judge said no. So what, what, what is so, the, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wait, that wasn't my question. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> my so Chauvin yeah. decided not to testify. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? Do you no. think that he should have? Do you think, okay, I'm not either, but do you think that he should have testified? And I say that because I agree with you. The defense presented such a weak case that I don't know if it would have made it better or worse, but do you think based on what they presented to the jury 
that he should have testified. Okay, so I was always asking, how could the defense's case get any worse? It could, if they they put that man on the stand, it would have gotten worse. I mean, imagine, right? I was a prosecutor. Whenever you got a defendant on the stand, we were salivating. And we, we were like, oh, it's, it's on now, right? We're going to keep them on the stand as long as possible. Now, the prosecutor in this case would have probably taken that video, nine minutes and some change, literally taken it frame by frame and grilled him in terms of why he was still on George Floyd's neck. So no, they, are, they made the smart decision. He made the smart decision. Um, what his defense attorneys were trying to do this entire time was through evidence speak for him so that he didn't have to go on the stand. Now, does a jury want to hear from him? Every juror wants to hear from a defendant. They want to know what is your side? What do you have to say for yourself? But they have to right. follow the law and understand that he has a right not to take the stand. Not because it's it means he's guilty, but there's other factors too. But no, he did the, he did the right thing. Um, he could have made his work his case much worse um, if that's even possible. But no, I was not surprised. So what do you feel like is the the end date? If you have to give people right now a date that this is all going to be over and there's going to be a verdict, Uh, How close are we to the end of this? Okay, so I think I told y'all the end of April, which I think is still fairly accurate. But if they do closing arguments on Monday, um, go through instructing the jury, let's just say the jury gets the case on Monday afternoon, they start deliberating. I'm thinking that they could come up with a verdict by the end of the week. But again, I'm not these jurors. I have no idea what they're thinking. They probably have already made a decision, you know? So I, I think I think I'm betting the end of the week. Interesting. Okay. Well, mm. there you have it. You have anything else, Rachel? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was going to pick your brain about, sadly, because there's another issue going on in, in Minnesota. I was just going to ask you really quickly, because we did touch on it on this podcast. Kim Potter has been charged with second degree manslaughter. I just want to ask you, that's one of the charges also that that are against, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Chauvin as well. Um, is this something that you think, based on what we know of the case so far, that the prosecution can prove? Yeah. Or are there some other charges that should have been listed as well in, in addition to that one? So prosecutors always charge the most provable charge, right? And then they can increase as time goes on. And that's what happened with Derek Chauvin. If y'all, don't, if y'all remember, he was actually charged with the same charge. And then when um, the AG got involved, they started adding charges. So there's still a possibility that the prosecutor can add charges later. Um, right now, what we do know is that from that, which I didn't want to watch, um, you hear her saying in the video before she shoots Dante, taser, 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 which could imply that this really was an accident. Um, and so, yes, the second degree manslaughter does fit per what we know so far. Now, prosecutors always know more information that they don't reveal to the public. Um, so they don't compromise their own case. So they may know more and add later, but as of right now, um, that's what it is. And she's culpably negligent, you know, and people are like, well, what, what is that? It was, you know, if, if someone committed an accident, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be held accountable. It's like someone who mm-hmm. is getting, um, you know, shit face and they're impaired and they get behind the wheel and they hit somebody and kill them. Um, yes. Was it an accident? Sure. Did they mean to kill somebody? No, but they're still negligent because they, they took an unreasonable risk, uh, of causing someone's death and they did it consciously. So that's kind of the case here. She was a 26 year veteran. She was actually training mm-hmm. officers at the time. And she was carrying this teaser, which I believe is carried on one side, not the dominant side. Whatever her dominant side is, is where her gun is. The taser is on mm-hmm. the other. 
other side, if I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's right. Um, but so a lot of these um, pictures of a taser and a gun, I don't know if you've seen it, it, it can be misleading. I think it's, it's not appropriate in the case because her taser wasn't just a bright yellow taser either. So we right. got to be really accurate with the facts here too. So, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully we have you on to talk about a fun legal case at some point. There is never going to be a fun yeah. legal case. <laughs> Sometimes there are fun legal cases. Yeah. Name one. And they're never fun. I'll tell you one. I, I can tell you a fun legal case right Name now. One. Name one. When I was working at TMZ, <laughs> when I was working at TMZ, yeah. there was this dude <laughs> who used to file all of these bullshit lawsuits. Okay. Right. Like he was just somebody would get famous, and this guy would just file a lawsuit. <laughs> and and he, this dude, filed a lawsuit against Johnny Manziel, and he alleged that Johnny Manziel had exposed himself to the guy at Disney World okay. while he was singing. <laughs> It's a small world after all. <laughs> that was in the lawsuit, I swear to God. That was in the lawsuit. And like, Mizzou used to do it all the time. He said somebody else okay. did it at a hot dog stand while saying, uh, or singing, it's an Oscar, I got an Oscar Mayer winner. That's a real story. This dude, and then the dude, that up, I don't that's know a real I'm story. Yo, that's I'm, hilarious. I'm telling you. That's, this, that is a funny story. <laughs> We used to, I I used to have to like go on news hits and like talk about <laughs> these stories to like news stations in Texas. And stuff Wait, like is that. this man still around? We need to bring no, him. No, we stopped covering it. We stopped hilarious. covering it. We stopped covering it because it was it was obvious. Because it's like we got a we got a lawsuit in, and it was like, yo, did Johnny Manziel expose himself to somebody at Disneyland? And then like when we're reading the story, it's like Ev- Evans Somebody's laughing. Like, so the case got dismissed, right? Of course. Of yeah. Course. Okay. So that individual who keeps uh, filing frivolous lawsuits needs to actually be fined by the court. You can't just, just because you got the time and the money to be like filing this, <laughs> he needs to stop. That, that, that's funny. That's funny though. So you, I'm definitely wrong. That is a funny, funny, funny. legal case. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, we will. We will bring you on for a fun. We're also going to check back with, uh, back with you. At the conclusion of this yeah. one, and if they drag on, we'll check back in with you. And make sure everybody to watch Making the Case with Yodi. When is that on? Go to bnc.tv. It'll have all the providers. Pick your provider, and then it'll tell you the channel. Boom. Okay. So that means that's and a, what time? Tell them what time. Uh, nine, nine, eight central. Nine, eight central. Check your local listings, but it's nine, eight central. Go to BNC. Go to the website. BNC.com is the website. BNC.com. BNC.tv. BNC.tv. Go to BNC.tv. Thank you so much, Yodi, for Thank you, guys. Thank you. Rach, are you uh, vaccinated? I get my first shot Saturday. Which one are you getting? Pfizer. You're not going for Johnson & Johnson? Um. Well, it's been paused. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't. You should get, you should get, and I don't. You should get Johnson & Johnson just to see. You trying to do the podcast by yourself? No, I'm saying it's like it. Why would you do that to me? You say you like roller coasters. Y'all hear him? Did y'all? Did y'all just hear him? Wait, wait, did y'all just hear what he wait, said to me? Wait, knowing what's out there, knowing what's if you don't know, you're going to be so offended you by said, what he just. You said. said you like roller coasters, right? 
not the What's same. What's a thing. better roller coaster than a two week roller coaster? What would be more you know exhilarating? What you're doing? You know what you're doing, Michael Rappaport? You're making a generalization here. <laughs> All right. So the CDC and the FDA have issued a pause, a pause in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to a small number of vaccine recipients reporting a severe type of blood clot after receiving the vaccine. Of course, the number is infinitesimally small. However... With vaccine hesitancy being out there and a lot of people wondering if they were going to get vaccinated, the news that Johnson & Johnson could have a potentially very serious side effect did not sit too well (laughs) with a lot of people that I know. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think, Rachel? Would you... I'm going to ask you right now. If the only vaccine was the Johnson & Johnson vaccine right now. And we should tell you about the numbers. I think the numbers are, what, six out of some crazy... Six out of 6.8 million doses. Six out of 6.8 million doses have have turned up with this this severe reaction. If if Johnson & Johnson was the only vaccine, would you take it? Hell no. (laughs) And let me tell you why. Do you know what those six people... With the blood clots have in common? What? They're all women. Interesting. So that's a big hell no. Absolutely not. And and sadly, one of them has passed away, which is what caused them to say, you know what, we're going to put a pause on it. They haven't recalled it because that actually has to be done by the company. That's the way the FDA explains a recall. So they've only paused it because that's the recommendation from the CDC and the FDA. That's all I need to know. Okay, I'm not trying to rush it. I will continue to wear my mask. I will get tested every other day and I will stay away from people. I'm good. I'm not trying to risk my life for the vaccine. Mm -mm, Not at all. And I think this is just a reminder that we all need to slow down a little bit. I know we're I know we're ready. I know we're ready. I'm ready too. But I think it's just like every time we get some good news, we get a little bit of bad news. This is all very new. We're still trying to figure things out. I know people who've gotten the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It's one shot. Yes, because it's one shot. It's one shot. It's That's one, what shot. one shot. And it's a one different shot. technology. It's a, diff- it's a different technology than the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So I know people who've gotten the, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And obviously the people that I know aren't among the six people who it is very sad what's happened to them. They are fine. So, Rachel, I'm going to be honest with you. Am I detecting a little hesitancy, a little skepti-skepti with the vaxi-vaxi? No, because I have an appointment set up because it's open to everybody now in California, and I made my appointment early, and I'm getting it April 17th, Saturday. Right. There's no hesitancy. Is that Saturday? There's no hesitancy for me. Not at all. But here's my thing. Imagine if you're one of the people and you know this, right? Like we talk about anxiety and all of that. Imagine if you're one of the people and you're sitting in between. Because what is it? Six to 13 days after the vaccination, symptoms can occur. Imagine if you're in that window. What do you do? Imagine if you still and they still there's so much they don't know about it. I feel like what if I have it? Does it does it work? Am I going to am I am I susceptible to this, especially as a woman? And it's between the ages of 18 and 48. Like I fall right in that. Huh? I would would understand being afraid. I would. The chances are just ridiculously small. 
ridiculously small. But, but you're small. saying there's a chance. But you're saying there's a chance. See, you sound like and me. You sound like me now. It was, it was crazy. Remember when we talked about the fact that cars drive by, and I'm like, "Yo, is a car going to jump the curb?" Not and the hit same me? thing. Why? Because I think that percentage is even smaller. Of people getting hit by cars? Let's look it up. Of the of that car? No, not people getting hit by cars. Of the car jumping over the curve and hitting well, you. So, well, I, not I, like you walking. Because I it's wanna, not like you're walking across the street. I want to talk about it's, people getting hit. I want to look up people getting hit by cars percentage. I'm going to look no, it up right now. No, it's the way you were going to get It's the way you were gonna get hit. It'd be different if you were walking across the street. Like you're putting yourself more in harm's way. Somebody could run through a red light. You said this car would jump the curb as if it would come after you. No. In a sense. Well, I'm saying... I, you get hit by a car out of nowhere. Different. I'm willing to bet you. I'm willing to bet you. You can have it. That the numbers are lower of people that got hit by cars. Oh, by the way. That's fine. ABC News 10 right now. The, the number of people getting hit by cars in the U.S. is going up. It's right here. Here's an article. How likely. Well, I feel like we just added on to your anxiety. No. Okay. So people that get hit by cars. How likely is it to get hit by a car? Would you like to know the numbers? We're already here. Go ahead. One in 4,292. And what did we say about the vaccine? Wait, wait. As a pedestrian or in another vehicle? Ooh, let me see. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a exactly. good question. Wait, wait, wait. That's a good, that's <laughs> exactly. a good question. Pedestrians. Uh, uh, the Center for Disease Control's report that about 42,000 4,280 pedestrians die as the, the, res, the result of getting hit by a car. Another 70,000 pedestrians are injured as the result of being hit by a car. This is a total of 74,280 pedestrians struck by cars each year. Divide that number, blah, blah, blah. One in 4,200, 4,300. So you have a much greater chance, just by the math, as, as far as what we know now, of being hit okay, by a car fine. than you do of developing okay. these, these, these side effects from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Well, they should put you on the poster. When they press play again, <laughs> they need you to be out here Pfizer. speaking for them. I already got Pfizer. What, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, this news obviously was then weaponized by people who are on their own disinformation campaigns to make people not want to get vaccinated for whatever reason. Sure. So it's just very important. That's not me. There's two other vaccines out there, y'all. That's right. not me. So th I'm just saying it's very important for us to keep things in perspective when we're talking about stuff sure. like this. That is not to say sure. that there's no reason to not be like uneasy about something, but it's it's a small number, at least right now, but it's something worth watching. Fine. You've proven your point. So get that. You only got to get one and so get that J and J. All right. Uh, oh, this is interesting. <clears throat> you ever watch that show Luther with Idris Elba? I don't. I've never seen but it. But I do either. watch Idris. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Brian, you know what I mean? Brian felt that somewhere right now. No, he did not. Yes, he did. He felt that. Right. It's like in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, like Han Solo dies. And 
Princess Leia wasn't there. Princess me. Leia wasn't there when he died. She didn't see it. It's one of the saddest fucking things I've ever seen before in my life. Where are we going with this? Listen, Princess Leia wasn't there when he died. She didn't see it, right? Because he his son killed him, and then Chewie let out this scream that was just ugh, gut wrenching. But when that when that blade, that lightsaber, not a blade. When that lightsaber went through him by his son, Ben Solo, Leia felt it. Leia felt it. Cut to Leia. Leia felt it. And when you just said what you just said about Idris Elba, Brian is somewhere right now probably doing his taxes, and he felt it. He's like, he, he, he was like, oh, what was that? Not the same thing. Ugh. Not the same thing. Oh, what happened? Anyway, uh, so yourself <laughs> <laughs> was on a show called Luther. And Luther's about a black detective in England. I guess I've never seen Luther. I've never watched I it. have not People either. say that Luther is good. But Miranda Whalen, who is diversity chief of the BBC, which is what Luther comes on. It's a you know, show from over the waters over there. Says that Luther doesn't have any black friends. So it's not black enough. It's not authentic enough, authentic enough because Luther, Luther doesn't have any black friends. Luther's not, Luther's just a black guy that's in this world, but it's not authentically black because Luther doesn't have any black friends. A lot of people, like, <laughs> they went ham over this and they start to, do you, do you think that this makes sense? Does Luther have to have black friends? She also said he doesn't eat Caribbean food. <laughs> and that's also <laughs> this is an interesting question. Can you be black and not black? We talk about this all the time. Yes, listen. Yes, listen. You hear people say it all the time. Black people are not monolithic, so not all black people have to just hang with black folks. You know, like there are you. It doesn't take away from your blackness. That maybe majority of your friends are a different race. But but here's the thing. I laughed about this till I saw the rest of her statement. And so, like, she talks about, like, with these big shows and these key characters that you have to make sure that their environment also reflects a little bit of their culture. So, like, I when I heard the rest of her statement, I'm like, okay, I understand where she's going with it. But when you just take that piece of no black friends and Caribbean food is I can see why people have a problem with it. But this is what I found more interesting. The creator of Luther. Did you hear what he said? No, what did he say? He's the problem. No, what did he say? He said, I have no knowledge or expertise or right to try to tackle in some way the experience of being a black man in modern Britain. Um, it, ha- it would have been an act of tremendous arrogance for me to try to write a black character. We would have ended up with a slightly embarrassed, ignorant, middle class white writer's idea of a black character, which I guess I don't really understand. You created the show. You created that. a back lead. Well, well who, but, how do you, but, but how do we know that it was supposed to be for a black guy? I mean, that's maybe that's true. Well, so, so casting changed it. Well, no, what I'm saying is that, is that what he's like, saying? the movie Enemy of the State, right? That movie was a movie okay. that Tom Cruise was supposed to star in, right? Tom Cruise passed. Oh, I didn't know that. And okay. then like Will Smith got in the movie. Well, what do they do? They, they gotcha. change the stock, they change the script. They go, hey, while he's running from the CIA, he stopped saying that Roscoe's chicken and waffles just kick it with the homies. No, it's the same movie. So, <laughs> so, 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 so what I'm saying is that I, I don't know enough about Luther to know. 
and maybe Luther's based on books or something like that. I don't know enough about Luther to know. I don't either. Whether or not Luther is supposed to be a black character. If he's if that part of the culture is supposed to be in there. But if it was just a character and then, you know, Idris is hot, he's uh he's he's on the rise and then they cast it, then maybe he wasn't even supposed to be black. Yeah, like I feel like we could give better opinions if we actually watch the show, but I can understand people nah, being we'll, no. bothered by the Caribbean food nah, we, comment. We, our opinions are fine. Don't no talk about yourself that way. Don't do that. Cause like, like you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's cool. I like I don't need to, I'm not about to go, I'm not, I'm not watching Luther. I watch enough shit. Like you know I'm not gonna go back and watch English Luther. guys. Uh, by the way, shout out to Arunde Garrett. Shout out to Arunde Garrett, my manager, who's also Idris's manager. But what I'm saying is, I'm cool on that. I don't need to watch English people solve crimes. I don't. You know I'm good. You know a crime? You know I'm good. Well, listen. You know a crime Luther could solve that I would be into? What? Who called Archie a Negro? I knew you were going to say that. Did they say? That's not what was said. Look. That's what Luther needs to solve. (laughs) Who wanted to know how dark he was going to be? Who wanted to know how dark Archie was going to be? If if Luther want to be black, if if Luther want to be black, Luther's such a good detective. Find out who wanted to know about Archie's skin color. That's what everybody want to know. There's not another mystery in Britain that we care about. You know what I mean? Find out. That's so funny. Find out. Find out who in Buckingham Palace said that. Find out who in Birmingham Palace said (laughs) (laughs) like Birmingham Palace wanted to know about this kid's skin. Oh my gosh. Find it out. (laughs) What you got next? Uh, Oh, I know. Because we're going to be waiting a while on Luther to figure that out. Oh no, I know what I got next. I know what I got next. Oh, unexpected ally of the week. No, it's not. No, nigga. It's not unexpected outline of the week. <laughs> it's definitely not. Not at all. Okay. This is the next one. We're going to take a quick break and come back to it. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Okay, it's the moment that everyone's been waiting for. Rachel gets to weigh in on this whopper of a story. Aboom! Former Bachelor star Colton Underwood comes out as gay. This has been all over the place. He spoke to Robin Roberts about it. He has talked about it. Now, this was the guy that, correct me if I'm wrong, when he was on The Bachelor, 
he was El Virgin. Yes. So, and, he, and that was the thing. And he said, because I remember t- covering this on TMZ, he said that he didn't have time to, to uh, have sex because he was too focused on football. Correct. Right away when he said that, I call bullshit on him, by the way. Right away when he said that. Not on his sexuality, but just on that. Half the reason we played football in high school was so that we could have more sex. That's what football, you know what I mean? You know, but so I didn't, I I, I didn't get that. You know, I didn't get that at all, at all. But it was his experience. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? This was everywhere. Obviously, you're a part of the Batch Nation. What do you think about Colton Underwood coming out as gay? So... I've been reporting on this for a couple of days and I'm trying to stick to reporting more than I am on an opinion because what I'm trying to to not be is one of these clickbait headlines. Okay. Because that they love to do that. They love to listen in and then they love to give a misleading headline. So this is what I'll say. I think it takes guts and courage to come out, especially when you're such a public figure. It, it, it takes guts and courage, period. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that you got to come out anyway, that you have to announce what you are. I just, it, it's so sad that that's the society we live in, even though it is way more accepted now Why than it used like to be. I feel like you're about to say something crazy. No, I, I'm saying, I, I, I'm saying, I just want to make that note because mm-hmm. that's like something that always bothers me. It's just so sad that you have to make this big announcement. Um, It's just unfortunate for the LGBTQ plus community. But I know I think it takes guts and courage to come out and um, especially on national television, on a high rated, highly watched morning show, sitting with Robin Roberts, one of the best in the business to say that you're gay when you've been on three shows as this most eligible bachelor finding love. And it is, is a stark contrast to the way that you've been presented to the world, to what you're saying now. That takes bravery. That takes courage. Um, but immediately what I did was ask my friends in the LGBTQ plus community what they thought. And every person I talked to didn't like it. And I, and I, I, I listened to what people had to say, like that are from the community. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Rather than giving an opinion. Right. And um, everyone I talked to just, I think what it was for people is two things. One, it wasn't, it hasn't even been a year since it has been reported that you allegedly stalked, emotionally abused and harassed your former girlfriend, Cassie Randolph, who was on The Bachelor with you. Um, that case ended up settling out of court. And then they dismissed the criminal part of it. But it, it is an accusation that Cassie stands by. She never took it back. And so the fact that you have yet to comment on that, to address that situation, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. That's one. Two, the fact that he coupled this announcement with the announcement of a new reality TV show. That is also rubbing people the wrong way. So the community seems to be split. I think across the board, everybody is proud of Colton for, you know, coming out 
and um, having the courage to do that. But a lot of people are upset. There's a petition right now on change.org to remove his Netflix show. People are emailing Netflix. They're upset about it, that they're giving a platform to somebody who has a history of being problematic. A lot of the people that I talked to in the community were upset that he announced that he was gay, didn't address his problematic past, and kind of blamed the fact that he was in a dark place as to why he behaved that way. And I think that there are two separate issues, as my friend Demi said. There's two who's in the community. There's two separate issues. Him being gay. And then what he... No. And what he's done that's problematic. I would have said Lovato if it was Lovato. Demi Burnett, who was... Demi Burnett, who was a contestant on Colton season, right. who is bisexual. And so she is, she has had um, a same sex relationship on the show uh, during Paradise. First one to do it. So she said there's two separate issues. And just the fact that nobody is recognizing Cassie and the fact that she's a victim is troubling to a lot of people. The people are mad at Netflix because they're giving him this platform. And then there are a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community who feel like it's very opportunistic of him to have this reality show when he seems to be, this is all new to him. Uh, He seems to be trying to figure this out and navigate it. They don't understand why it's coupled with the show. They don't like the fact that he has, quote, what they're calling a gay guide to navigate him. It just seems to be to quote a friend of mine in the community, he said it was icky. A gay guy. So I, I, that's what that's what the show is calling it. He's he's going around figuring this out with a gay guide. People find it they they were offended by that. So like I'm not I'm not really going to give an opinion. I'm just going to tell you what I've talked to people in the community about it. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's great for him. He said he's the happiest and healthiest he's been, and I do not want to take that away from him. I, look, good for him. Good for him too. I don't know nothing about what you just said, but nobody cares about what I think I about this. Don't. They care about what you what, what <laughs> you think. I'm I gonna lie though. I we have talked about on this show different sort of community teachers. Remember, Chris Harrison had a. a didn't he have a a race a race educator a race educator that he kept That's throwing Dr. Called. Dyson into it and not as a gay mm-hmm. guy you know yeah and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but. That's fucking funny as hell, man. I'm sorry. Like that 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 is hysterical. Like that is a black educator and like a gay guide. To me, that is really just the concept of it is what mm. does the gay guy do? Does it it, it does it kind of get you into the world? Helping him navigate it. Yeah, apparently I, well, I he's going to be sitting down it. with a bunch of apparently he's going to be sitting down with a a bunch of other people in the LGBTQ plus community that are going to be talking with him, answering questions for him. And all of this is going to be documented. It's just very public. Right. And I think that's what people are struggling with. That's dope. I guess that's better than, you know, kind of not knowing what to do and all of that stuff like that. That shit is hilarious. No, it's better. It's better than going on a a TV show where you're the most eligible bachelor dating 30 women who've some have quit their jobs, um, you know, like came went for you because you were the virgin Christian bachelor. He might have not known at that point that he was gay. 
He said that he's known he was different since he was six, and he's known, I believe he said since high school is, is a, when he started. Rachel, this is a very complicated process, though. No, 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 no. I'm not telling him. I'm just telling you what he said. Oh. You're saying maybe he didn't know. I'm telling you he said he knew he was different. He said this on GMA. He knew he was different since six, and then something with high school. So I'm just answering your question. Okay. I'm not going to—I'm not ever going to criticize— someone about their journey, especially from a world that I do not know. I'm never going to do that. I'm just telling you what he said. So it's, you're right though. It is a, it's, it's sensitive. That's why I don't want to give opinions about it. I'm just going to tell you what I've, I've heard, what people have said to me, um, what's kind of going on out there because it's, it's, we talk about people inserting themselves in other people's business. This is something where I need to listen to the community rather than telling you what I think. Because if you know Bachelor Nation, you know that Colton and I don't have the best history. So I'm not going to sit here and say anything that's judgmental, anything that's insensitive. Um, but I, I will say that I, I think I'm proud of him for being able, you know, to tell his story for the first time ever. Okay, we'll just leave it there then. Take a break. That's it. Yeah, leave it there. Yep. Take a break. We come back with mailbag. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. So you guys know that Jackson isn't here anymore. Jackson's not here. Uh, love Jackson. Trudy. Let's go. Hurry up. Oh, Bell back. I miss Jackson. <laughs> okay. Right, cute, cute, we did the song already. Trudy, you're doing a great job. You're doing Trudy, a great job. Trudy. Let's go. Oh, speaking of Jackson, from Jackson Safan, if you had to replace your co-host with anyone alive, who would it be? Yo mama, Jackson. That's who it would be. <laughs> All right. Asking us questions and stuff like that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd quit. No, this this is the perfect. This is the perfect pairing right here. Maybe replace Rachel with one of Luther's black friends, meaning nobody. All right. (laughs) Next question. Like, what do we got? I'm Rachel Miller. If you could get one piece of information from the future, what would you want to know? Good question. Uh, I really don't know. I want to know when I die. Uh, Not me. Fuck that. See, I would. No, hell no. I would. You think I'm wound up now? I would want to know. I know. But just think of what what kind of power you would have knowing, right? Whether it's near or far away. I don't want to talk about this. The power you would have. Okay. That's what I would want to know. station. I'm I'm like, you see me? (laughs) No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know nothing. How about that? I want it all to be a surprise. None of it. I can't take it anymore. Next question. Okay, I'm, wow. I'm too wild up. <laughs> it's the juicing. Tell them you're juicing. I am juicing. So, so people can understand why you're why you're so on edge right oh, now. Oh, tomorrow's my birthday, by the way, guys. So when you're listening to this, I'll be have I'll be have I'll have turned 41. So tomorrow's my birthday because me and Kalika both, both know that we're gonna blow it out eating. I'm juicing and it's not it's not great. It's uh I'm irritable. Trudy, next question. From Patrick A. Grover, you can erase one event from history, the Trump presidency or the assassination of one civil rights activist of your choosing. Which do you choose? And if it's an activist, which one and why? 
Hey, Patrick, this uh, is a stupid <laughs> fucking question, okay? Patrick, wherever you are, first of all, let me, let me do something right now. Patrick, I love you. Patrick A. Grover. Patrick, I love you. It's not a stupid question, I you, Patrick. I want you to hear me, Patrick. Just answer it. Patrick, I want you to hear me right now. You my dog. If you see me on the street somewhere, Patrick, come up and give me a fist bump. But Patrick, this is a stupid fucking question. Just because you know how you would answer it doesn't mean it's stupid. Please answer Patrick's question and tell him why. Patrick, I believe that if Martin Luther King Jr. had survived, we wouldn't have had the Trump presidency. Okay? So, so obviously, it's a man and his children, and or 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 even <laughs> or Malcolm X and his kids, or Mega Evers and his kids. I would bring them back. Fuck Trump, Patrick. I love Black you. Lives Matter. Next question, Patrick. I love you. <laughs> Next, I mean, we would, I would never. Yeah, things would be different. Yeah. Things would be different, Patrick. Patrick. Come on, Patrick. All right, is that it? That's three questions. That's, three That's questions. it. That's three Leave questions. Patrick alone. Um. Do you have an unexpected ally of the week? No, no. And let me, let, let me just say something, and you shouldn't either. Just, similar to Johnson & Johnson, we're going to put it on pause, okay? We're not going to recall it, yep, but yep. let's just put it on pause because of what's happening right now in the country. I don't want... No, 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 no. No. I actually do have I actually do have one. Is it a really, really good one? It's kind of good. All right. Let's end on a positive note. Pat... Robertson, did you see Pat Robertson and his old ass was on his show talking about the way police are treating black people? He held up a taser and a gun, said that these are two completely different things, said that Darren Chauvin needs to be buried under the jail. He said that he's pro-police, but police have to stop the onslaught against the black community. And they're doing all of these things and they're acting out. Pat Robertson and his old conservative racist ass, like he kind of, that's when I, when I say unexpected ally, he's not an ally. Sure. He's not an ally. It's just for the week. Just it's for, titled the week. for the week. Maybe even for the hour. Yes. But, you know, to your point though, I think we can't put it on pause for a little while until we wait through some pause for a little bit. Why? But I actually had one this week, Pat Robertson. Okay. All right. Oh, well, that was a good one. It was a good one. All right, all right Rach. Uh, uh, yeah. Hope you get inside of the studio or wherever you got to go. You're inside your car right now. Uh, so I'm actually so, going to plant trees. Is that true? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm doing something for extra, but it's in the field. In the field. Um, it, it, it's it's a, an integration for Earth Day. Earth oh. Day is coming up April 22nd. Oh, Earth Day. So it's about that. So I'm talking to an Allison Bree. Allison Bree. About, yeah. Yeah. yes, yeah. about what she's doing with um, Earth Day. I had one of my first panic attacks after an Earth Day special that came on in like 91. Oh, wow. Because okay. like they had, Bet, Bet, this is a true story real quick before we go. They had Bette Midler act like she was like Mother Earth or something like that. And mm-hmm. this was like an Earth Day special that came on. It was like Bette Midler. She was like Mother Earth or something like that. And then they were showing. Uh, she was talking about like the future of the Earth or something. And then they were showing all of this B-roll of like pollution and stuff like that. And then my dad said, well, hell, if they already got that, then that ought to be going on right now. And so then the guy says to Bette Midler, he says, uh, he says, 
wow, is this the future? And then Bette Midler goes, no, that's the present. And I was like, fuck it, it's over. I was, it, it, it was so good. <laughs> if you guys, if anybody can think about what this Earth Day special was, maybe it was before 91, whatever, but Bette Midler was like Mother Earth. They had all of these They'll celebrities find in it. it. It had all these celebrities in it. And I remember I freaked out. So Earth Day connects me to my anxiety. All right. They found the clown, the scary clown commercial. They'll oh, find Jesus this for you. <laughs> all right. That's it, Thought Warriors. Say you think caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. 